Psalms 24, 7-10 Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory, Selah. This King of glory is the living stone, the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ the righteous, whom the builders disallowed. Seek him while he may be found. Click on the further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Matthew thirteen thirty six through 43, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their God. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Man said, These foolish doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world, and certainly no judgment day. Now the record. Remember the 180 principle? A circle has 360 degrees. At the 180 mark, you are at the exact opposites. God and Satan's camps are exact opposites. Examples, God is love, Satan is hate, God is life, Satan is death, God is peace, Satan is turmoil, God is light, Satan is darkness, God is eternal life, Satan is eternal cognizant death, God is faith, Satan is unbelief, and so on. All the same measures, but opposite ends of the yardstick. For the born again, the coming of the Antichrist, the great taking up of the church, and the total destruction of the world as we know it, which culminates at the battle of Armageddon, is a very good thing. At Armageddon, Christ returns and splits the Mount of Olives, destroys the armies of the Antichrist, and sets up his thousand-year reign upon the earth. Satan is cast into the bottomless pit and chained there for a thousand years, while the saints of God reign with Christ. Those are all very good things. But to the wicked the day of the Lord is the ultimate dread. Amos five eighteen through 20 Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord! To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light, as if a man did flee from a lion, and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? Prophetic things are happening at a rapid pace. Believers the world over are in a state of expectation. The carnal world itself is in a state of expectation. The New Agers are awaiting the One. 
The Muslims are awaiting the twelfth imam to lead them to Armageddon, and the Jews are waiting for their Messiah, who to their surprise will be Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. A pivotal prophetic key to the event is the abomination of desolation. The prophet Daniel prophesies in Daniel chapter 9, 27, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consumption and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Jesus said in Matthew twenty four fifteen, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. The Apostle Paul clarifies events that will take place just before the great taking up of the church to meet him in the clouds. Second Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In the plain reading of the scriptures, the end of days needs a third Jewish temple. A few bullet points concerning the third temple that are addressed in the God Said Man Said 21 Signs of Doomsday series are, the building of the third temple is possible without touching the two Muslim mosques on the temple mount, Mount Moriah. Only the court of the Gentiles would be missing. Revelation 11, 1 and 2, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Another bullet point. The Jewish priesthood, Cohen's, Levi's, and the Y chromosomes, the raising of the red heifer, the resurrection of the Sanhedrin, Temple Mount faithful say the temple could function in as little as six months. The high priest's robe has been made, and orders are being taken for the white robes of the supporting Levites and more. The following paragraphs are from the 21 Signs of Doomsday Update 3, titled The Third Temple. The Word of God clearly prophesies of the physical second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for His church. The born-again saints of God will be transformed into immortal form in the twinkling of an eye and will be evacuated from this earth to meet Christ in the clouds. This truth is ridiculed by the foolish, and so it was in the days of Noah. Multiple features concerning Noah are on this website. The Word of God declares in Second Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The man of sin will go into the Jewish temple and confess himself to be God. At this juncture, the Holy Ghost, he who now letteth or alloweth, 2 Thessalonians 2, 7, will be taken away, and so will the church of Christ. 
Something is presently missing from the equation declared in 2 Thessalonians, and it is the third Jewish temple. The first one was destroyed by the Babylonians, the second by Titus and the Romans in 70 AD. One of the two key signs of the great taking up of the church as declared in 2 Thessalonians, which precedes the end of the world as we know it by just a few years, is when the son of perdition, the son of eternal ruin, the son of hell, goes into the temple of the Jews and shows that he is God. At the present time, the Jewish temple does not exist. In its place is the Muslim Dome of the Rock and Al-Aqsa mosques. Given the combustible condition of Israel, a scenario could easily be imagined where the Muslim mosques that now occupy Jerusalem's Temple Mount could vanish in a moment from an errant or orchestrated explosion or even a natural disaster such as an earthquake. There is a group known as the Temple Mount Faithful Movement dedicated to this very real possibility. A handful of members in their organization was arrested and convicted in the 1980s for plotting to blow up the two mosques. It is said that the materials needed to rebuild the temple have been set aside awaiting the demolition of the Muslim mosques. Time magazine reported, Jerusalem's Temple Mount is potentially the most volatile 35 acres on earth, end of quote. The rebuilding of the final Jewish temple could be imminent. It's beginning to rain. The utensils, pots, pans, and so forth to be used in the daily ministry of the long-anticipated temple have been and are being produced. Not only are temple utensils at the ready, but the Jewish people have demanded the return of the articles pilfered from the second temple. Breaking events add to the mountain of information that predicts a soon-coming rebuilding of the Jewish temple. In January of 2004, a letter was drafted by Gershon Solomon, chairman of the Temple Mount and Land of Israel Faithful Movement. The letter was sent to the late Pope John Paul II. Part of his letter follows. Sir, a call from the God and people of Israel. Immediately return the Temple Menorah, vessels, and treasures to Jerusalem. In the name of the God of Israel, you are requested to immediately return the Jewish Temple Menorah and other temple vessels and treasures to Jerusalem to the soon-to-be-rebuilt temple. As you well know, in 70 A.D., the Romans occupied the city of God, Jerusalem, and the land of Israel, and destroyed the holy temple of the God of Israel in Jerusalem. They took away with them to Rome the holy seven-branch menorah from the temple and many other holy temple vessels and treasures used by the Jews in the worship in the temple. The evil emperor Titus, who destroyed the temple and burned it, built his triumphal ark in Rome on which is depicted the menorah and other vessels carried by Jewish captives. Since this terrible event in history of Israel and mankind, we know very well that the menorah, the vessels, and the treasures that were taken to Rome have remained in the vaults of the Vatican. Travelers and visitors to the Vatican throughout history have reported seeing them. This is the time to return these articles to Israel. Today, Israel is the most exciting fulfillment of God's end-time prophecies and promises. The climax of this prophetic time will be the soon rebuilding of the temple, exactly as the prophets of Israel prophesied in the quote. The temple menorah, which was the seven-branch golden candlestick in the Solomonic temple, and the temple's holy vessels are historically believed to be in the possession of the Vatican. In 1996, Israel's minister of affairs, Shimon Shitrit, met with Pope John Paul II. The Jerusalem Post reported that he had asked for Vatican cooperation. 
in locating the gold menorah from the second temple that was brought to Rome by Titus in 70 A.D. End of quote. Israel's faithful want the menorah and the temple's holy vessels back. They are preparing to rebuild the temple. End of quotes. The following was published by Arutz 7 and was reprinted in the March-April issue of IMG. It follows in full. After much hard work and research, the Tekelect, Azure Blue, robe of the high priest, has been completed by the Temple Institute and is ready to be worn in a third temple. The blue coat, or mild Tekelect, as it is called in the Torah, sports 72 golden bells, alternating with 72 pomegranates attached around its hem, woven of blue, purple, and scarlet wool. It will join the already completed ephod and Koshin breastplate featuring the 12 precious stones associated with the 12 tribes of Israel. The commandment to make such a robe appears in Exodus chapter 28. This is the first robe woven entirely out of Tekelet in nearly 2,000 years, Rabbi Chaim Richman of the Temple Institute told Arat 7. The Institute plans to embark on another major project the production and supplying of the Torah-specified white garments of the ordinary priests for every male Jewish descendant of Aaron. Every Kohen from all over the world will be given the opportunity to register and order his own uniform so that he can be ready to serve in the rebuilt holy temple, Richmond said, end of quote. The Jewish people are preparing to rebuild the third temple a necessary element for the second coming of Jesus Christ and the soon-after Armageddon, doomsday for the world as we know it. The skeptics laugh, but the believers watch. In the days of Noah, they laughed at the doomsday prophets, warning of global catastrophic destruction, but one day it began to rain. It's beginning to rain. Doomsday approaches. End of quotes. The headline in the March 16, 2015 feature by Prophecy Newswatch reads, Major prophetic announcement, holy altar constructed for third Jewish temple. Excerpts follow. End Times prophecy watchers are marveling over a news report out of Jerusalem this week that the altar of the Lord has been reconstructed by the Temple Institute. The Institute, based in the old city of Jerusalem, announced it has finished building an altar that is essentially ready for use in sacrificial services. The altar is the most ambitious project to date toward the goal of rebuilding the Jewish temple. The massive outdoor altar, which took several years to build, can be operational at little more than a moment's notice, reported the Israeli magazine Matzev Haruk. The altar is the last major component needed for the long-obstructed sacrifices to resume in a future Jewish temple. Ultra-Orthodox Jews pray daily for its reconstruction atop the holy hill known as Mount Moriah or the Temple Mount. Bible scholars say the rebuilding of the ancient temple is predicted throughout Scripture, starting with Daniel's vision in Daniel 9.27. Jesus echoed Daniel's warning about an abomination standing in the holy place in the last days in Matthew 24.15, followed by Apostle John's vision of the temple in Revelation 11.1 and 2, and Paul mentioned it in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4. Most people don't realize the temple had two altars, the altar of burnt offering and the altar of incense. The largest was the altar of burnt offering placed in the outer court of the priest. Designing and building it to exact biblical specification required quite an undertaking. It was approximately 16 feet tall 
and fifty-two and a half feet wide with four horns or raised corners and a ramp. The altar is the central focus of the sacrificial services that were halted with the destruction of the Second Temple by the Romans in 70 A.D. The Temple Institute has prepared all the priestly garments and sacred vessels for the rebuilt temple, which can be viewed on its website. It even trains members of the priestly family to be ready to serve as soon as the temple is constructed. Carl Gallops, a Baptist pastor in Florida, Bible prophecy expert and author of Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation, told WND the announcement about the altar will be seen by many Christians as a huge step toward the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. This announcement will surely excite prophecy watchers around the world, he said. Regardless of one's eschatological learning, every sincere student of the Word of God knows there are at least hints, if not clear declarations, of something happening just before the return of the Lord that involves altar sacrifices and the distinct possibility of a rebuilt temple on the Temple Mount. Jonathan Kahn, author of The Harbinger and the Mystery of the Shemitah, also sees the announcement as significant. We know that end-time prophecy cannot be fulfilled without the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. Kahn, a Messianic Jewish rabbi in New Jersey, told WND, the abomination desolation prophesied in Daniel and the Gospels must take place within the temple precincts. So, too, the Apostle Paul speaks of the man of sin or the Antichrist sitting in the temple of God. What many people don't realize is that along with the Holy of Holies, the altar of the temple is the most central and critical part of the temple. Khan said it is the altar that is the center of the abomination causing desolation. It was specifically the altar of the temple that was desecrated by Antiochus Epiphanes and the days of the Maccabees that comprised the first abomination desolation and the foreshadowing of what will take place in the end times, he said. So any progress made toward the rebuilding of the altar is worthy of our attention. There is an interesting foreshadowing of this end-time rebuilding event in the book of Ezra who gave an account of the Jewish exiles returning from captivity to Persia and rebuilding the temple destroyed under the Babylonian occupation. The first act of those returnees was to rebuild an altar and offer sacrifices on it, un, upon it Excuse me, to the Lord, Gallup said. They did this at the site of the ruined temple. The altar was constructed under the leadership of a high priest named, of all things, Yehoshua or Joshua or Jesus as it is in the New Testament. The returning Jews, according to Ezra, rebuilt this holy altar despite fears of attack from surrounding enemies. After the altar was rebuilt and regular sacrifices reinstated, the returnees celebrated their first festival, the Feast of Tabernacles. That feast occurs in autumn. This year it will occur during the season of the rare tetrarch of four blood moons and the seven-year Shemitah cycle described in Khan's book. Ezra chapter 3 says that after that the altar was rebuilt and sacrifices resumed, and when the temple had been rebuilt, the people shouted with joy, praised the Lord, and wept aloud. And the sound of the celebration was heard far away. Now in 2015, we have the news that once again the altar of sacrifice has been rebuilt and is ready for use, Gallup said. We also know of a very serious plan to rebuild the ancient temple of God upon the Temple Mount. The days of Ezra and Yehoshua appear to be upon us now. In the midst of the celebration of these facts, the sound of that celebration is once again being heard far away. 
And through the modern technology of the Internet, the sound is being heard around the world. These are certainly prophetic times in which we are living. End of quotes. The Jewish people are preparing to rebuild the final temple, the temple of the world's doom. Exactly when this final judgment of God comes, we can't be sure. Just know that doomsday is approaching. This concept often seems elusive until we consider that the end of our personal worlds can happen so abruptly. It could be an auto accident, a violent crime, an untimely sickness, or just old age. That soon coming day will be the end of our world. Nearly 400,000 of the world's people will meet their end of the world this very day. The Word of God says, prepare to meet thy God. If you have not made preparations, click on the further with Jesus. Doomsday is on the way. God said in Matthew thirteen thirty six through 43, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear. Let him hear. Man said, These foolish doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world, and certainly no judgment day. Now you have the record.